last week we talked about habit number one and how we got to just put things, put the first things first. And I'll, tell, I'll just recap that in a minute. But today uh, we're going to jump in. So if you've got your notes, go ahead and pull those out. And I, I think that this series has the power to change our lives. That we're at the beginning of 2020. We've made some goals. We've made some resolutions. We've made some commitments to habits that we want to create. And I believe it has the, the power to change our lives. Aristotle said it this way. He said that we, we are, you are what you, you are the sum total of what you repeatedly do. What you do over and over again, that just becomes who you are. And we're saying it this way, that we form habits and then our habits form us. We, we start to do something, it becomes habitual for us, and then we just, we just, we don't know why we do that anymore. We just do it out of habit now. We, I don't know why I do that thing. I don't know why I act that, what, that way. We just do it, and it shapes us. It forms us. And what we talked about last week is how every one of us, we have uphill hopes. Man, I really hope that this works. I, I, I have good goals. I really want my life to look like this. It's an uphill hope, but it's a downhill habit. Come on, somebody. We've got this downhill habit that takes us away from the hope that we want. And what we know is this, that, that hope is not a great strategy. <laughs> it's a great motivator. It'll get you going, but it won't keep you going, right? It's a, it, it's a, it's, it's a, a motivator. And so the answer to, to this, the answer to creating, the, the answer to this hope problem is, is that we've got to create some uphill habits to get us to where we want to go. Some uphill habits. So remember, everything worthwhile is uphill. Everything we want that's good, that's, that's worthwhile is uphill in our lives. And it might be challenging. In fact, the Christian life is a challenging life, but it's a doable life. Because God would never call us to do something that's not doable. He, he gives us, he, he has a plan and he has a purpose and it's doable for your life. Can I get an amen today? It's challenging. It's supposed to be. It's going to take intentionality, but it's doable. So how do we do this? How do we create these habits? Well, I think the best place to look is our theme verse, which is Romans chapter 12, one of my favorite verses. And in the message paraphrase, it says it this way. It says, fix your attention on God. How do I create these uphill habits, Ben? By fixing your attention on God. Taking your eyes off of the world, taking your eyes off of what's going on around you. And when you do that, you're going to be changed from the inside out. And, he's, and, and, and the writer, Paul says, hey, readily recognize what God wants from you. And then quickly respond to that. Quickly build those habits. Quickly get on the right track. Because unlike the culture around you that's always dragging you down, I, I, man, that's so true in our culture. Our culture's pulling at us. Our culture's dragging us. Unlike the culture around us that's always dragging us down, I love this part. God brings out the best of you. God wants, God sees the best in you and he's trying to pull that out and he's trying to develop some well-formed maturity in our lives, amen? He is. So this is, this is our theme verse and this is what we want. We want God to develop this well-formed maturity. This, this uh, we want him to bring out the best in us. So I'll make you a deal. We, we wanna give you that opportunity at church. We want to give you that opportunity for him to bring out the best in you and to develop 
in you well-formed maturity. And that's why twice a year we do 21 days of prayer. And this week, y'all, I think one of the reasons I'm just flying high today is because this week has been incredible. Uh, on average, about 90 people are showing up every morning at 6 a.m. to pray and to seek God. Come on, let's give God thanks for that. Man, that, that just pumps me up. That cranks my tractor right there. That, that it, it, it just fires me up. So uh, we, we wanna, we, we've got that for you. And if you're thinking, man, I missed last week. I, I wasn't able to make it. Or maybe you're new to the church and you're not sure what, what this is about. Twice a year, we do 21 days of prayer. And, and we just take a Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. And we just pray. And we seek God. It's, it's an hour long. Uh, an hour sharp, we're out of there on time, and, and you get to be where you need to go, and it's just an incredible time. Uh, but maybe you're, maybe you're a little sad you missed it this week. So the next best thing to 21 days of prayer is 14 days of prayer. <laughs> right? Come on. We got 14 days. So, and, and then on Saturdays, we meet at 9 a.m. over at the old Grace Building on Cedar Elm, uh, and, and yesterday was just an incredible day. God is working. He's moving. And so this is a, it's an uphill habit, like I said last week, but this is a great way to develop this maturity in you. But we're also fasting right now. In January, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And fasting is not just giving up food. It's not just denying yourself of food. It's really denying yourself of anything that really shouldn't be in your life anyway. Amen? Just anything that really shouldn't be in your life anyway. And so we're, we're doing that right now. I want you to think about it this way. We're, we're, doing it, we're doing it like this. What you starve will die. What you feed will thrive. So that's what we're doing as a church. We're, we're starving the things that really don't need to be in our life, the things that, that really take us away from God. We're just going to starve that, and we're going to feed we're going to feed our souls. We're going to feed our spirit, man. Just continue to draw closer to God. This is what he wants for us. So we're just mixing the two over these 21 days. So last week, though, I, I, gave, you, um, I gave you the first of four habits that can change your life if, if we go all in. And that habit was focus on what I do first. Not focus on what I do first, but focus, in other words, focus on first things first. Does that make sense? Putting the first things first. And, and that is putting God first in our lives because Jesus said, if you will seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, pretty much you just don't have to worry about everything else because he's got it. If you'll just seek him first. So we, we're putting him first by this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and I think there is a power that comes along with putting God first. It's a supernatural power that he just, he just pours over our lives. And you can watch that online. You can go back and see that message. But today, I want to talk about habit number two, which is I got to control my thoughts. Mm. I got to control my thoughts. This, this might be one of the most difficult ones. But I, I believe this, that this year will be determined by how well we can do this habit. This year will be determined by how well we can let God transform us and renew us and control our thoughts. There's an old adage that, that says, an idle mind is the devil's playground, right? And I think the enemy really, he, he does some things with our minds sometimes, and, and we just kind of go along with it. We just believe the lies. 
And, and here's the thing. Our lives don't, by ch- they, they don't change by doing. Our lives change by changing the way we think. Starting up here. And here's, here's something I want you to get is that I'll never change my life until I change the way I think. Until I change my thought process. Until I change some things about what's going on in here. In fact, the Bible says it this way in Ecclesiastes. The message paraphrase, it says, wise thinking leads to right living. I, that's what I want is some wise, wise thinking. But it says that stinking thinking. That stinking, that, that stupid thinking, the message calls it. It's just stupid thinking. It, it leads you to a wrong way of life. Do, you, do we still believe there's a right way and a wrong way? Yeah. It, do we believe in absolute truth? Yes, we believe in that. And if you don't believe in absolute truth, can I ask you, are you absolutely sure you don't believe in absolute truth? Right. We believe in it. It's, it's true. So today, what I want to do is give you two teachings. Two teachings. The first is principles. Principles that'll just help us understand a little bit more about our thoughts and then some practical steps that'll help us along the way. All right, so if you're taking notes, number one, the first principle is this, that everything begins with a thought. It begins with a thought. It begins in our minds. And so whatever you're doing, whether it's good, it's bad, it's being fueled by your thought process first. It's being fueled by your thinking. So if you, if you try to change your behavior without changing the thinking that drives that behavior, you're not going to have much success changing your behavior. You've got to start here. And, and, and it's something that I try to do every day, and I'm not perfect at it, but every day I try to just be careful of what comes into my mind in the first hour. Again, I'm not perfect at it. There are days I I, I blow it, but I try to just be careful of what comes into my mind in the first hour because I can be tempted to check a voicemail, to check a text message, to check an email, to get on social media, and and just one little thing can draw my attention away, can get me sidetracked, can get me going down this path that sets the tone for the rest of the day, And and it's not where I need it to be. And so I, I just try to dedicate the first part of my day to the Lord. Just the first part. Just give it to him. Otherwise, I'll wake up grumpy. Let's start the day off grumpy. I heard of a lady recently. She said, I wake up grumpy every day. And then some days I let him sleep in. <laughs> Corny joke there. Hey, but really... Uh, really, some of you guys are waking up grumpy every day. Like, you're, you're grumpy. You're waking up, and you're the grumpy one every day. And can I tell you, it's, it's because of what you're allowing into your life the, in the first few minutes. It's, it's your thought process. It's what, it's what you're allowing in. And our thoughts are so important to God. Listen to this. Check this out. Our thoughts are so important that God's process for changing us starts here. They're so important that God's process for doing a work in our lives begins right here in our mind. I'll show it to you again in our theme verse, different translation. The New Living Translation says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. 
by, by doing a work in your mind, by changing your thought process. So we've got, to, we've got to know the first principle is this, that everything starts with a thought. The second principle is this, that we, what we think determines how we feel. What we think determines how we feel. And you might be thinking to yourself, man, it, no, it's that person that determines how I feel. It's this thing that determines how I feel. It's, it's this place. It's this problem that determines how I feel. But that's, that's really, that's inaccurate because it all starts here. It's your, it's your response. It's, it's the response of your thinking, and that's why you feel that way. It's not because of what somebody did to you. It's, it's then the thought process that took place in your mind that caused you to go down roads that really weren't true, really wasn't what they said or what they meant, and you took it the wrong way, and then it drove you into a place of frustration and anger and anxiety and doubt and fear. Come on. It all started here. And so th this is why we've got to put a filter on our, on our hearts, on our minds. So this week, I, I was just... Um, I was thinking about a way that we could just put, some, put this to the test a little bit. How could, we, how could we really, what could we do to just set some time aside for God? To, to not be tempted with some things. And, and so I thought about this. I want to give you a challenge. And that is beginning tomorrow morning, I want to challenge you for seven days, just seven days, to lay down as much media as you can. I'm talking about CNN and Fox. I'm talking about social media, Instagram. <gasps> oh, God. Yes, even Instagram. Just, just what, what, what would happen if you laid it down for seven days? What if you laid down Facebook? What if you didn't play video games? What if you didn't kill people on video games for seven days? <laughs> just seven days, take a, take a break from from killing people on games, and just, just give it to God. But listen, I don't want you to be legalistic about it. I'm not trying to do that. I'm asking you to consider doing that, to consider doing it, and, and just lay it down for one week, for seven days, and don't just lay it down, but then replace it with something. Replace it with some worship music. Replace it with a different habit. Replace it with a, a different, um, maybe, maybe reading God's word. Find something else to replace that time and, and just see what will happen. And, and I'm not even asking you to do this as an offering to God. It's not a sacrifice. I'm asking you to do it as a test. And here's what I think is going to happen that is going to prove the reality of what Paul said in Philippians. And he said in Philippians chapter 4, hey, guys, whatever's true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, it, whatever is, if there's anything that's excellent, if there's anything that's praiseworthy, say it with me. Think about such things. Think about that. If there's anything that's like that, think. Tra be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's what will happen if you do that the God of peace will be with you. I don't know about you, but I could use the God of peace in my life. I need him in my life. That's what I want. I, I need him in my life. So, so here's what we're going to do. This is my prayer for you, that over these seven days, you'd be transformed, that the God of peace would show up. And I, I can't control your circumstances, but I can lead you to something that will give you peace in the middle of your circumstances. 
And that's Jesus Christ. That's God. I can lead you to him. So um, I'm, I've even asked those who uh, do our social media here for seven days. We're, we're not posting. We're not getting on. It's, we're taking a break. So this afternoon, you'll see a post that for the next seven days, don't message on Facebook. There won't be anything for you to comment on. There won't be any news for you to know. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be over for seven days. And then we've also, to help you out, we've created a playlist on Spotify. And if you don't know what Spotify is, just ask somebody under 30. Because I'm an Apple guy. I'm still an iTunes guy. Any iTunes people in the house still? Yeah, see, who's the Spotifyers here? Okay, yeah. I'm the iTunes guy. So, but I was like, okay, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put one over here too. Spotify, um, there's a playlist called 20, it's City Hope Church, 21 Days of Prayer. Just search that. It, it's uh, public. And use that as a playlist. It, it's a lot of the songs that we're singing during 21 days of prayer. And just put that on repeat in your life. And use that to just, to just um, replace all of these other things in your life. Amen? All right. I think it's going uh, to be a great test. And God's going to show up in, in a powerful way. So the third thing, that I, I, the principle I want to give you is this, that our thoughts determine our destiny. This is the third principle. Everything starts with a thought. What we think determines how we feel, but then our thoughts can take us all the way to our destiny. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty bold statement, but you've, you've probably seen this before, and I want to show it to you again. And that is, um, and that is this, little, this little saying. It says, so a thought... Reap an action. Sow an action. Reap a habit. Sow a habit. Reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle. Reap a destiny. But I want you to notice where it starts. It doesn't start with a lifestyle. It starts with a thought. Our thoughts can take us to where God wants us. They can take us to our destiny. And it starts with a thought. So if you, if, you, if you don't like where you're at right now in life, then change your thinking. Because here's the deal. You are today where you are because where your thoughts have brought you. You are today where you are because of your thoughts. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. I don't know if that makes sense for you. It makes sense in my mind, but you are today where your thoughts have brought you and you will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. It's all here. It's all in, it starts there. So this isn't just a bunch of mumbo jumbo, like some good positive reinforcement, some positive thinking in our lives. It, the Bible actually says it this way in Romans. It says that those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about sinful things because it's a cycle. You, you think about sinful things because you're dominated by it, but you're only dominated by it because you keep thinking about it. And it's this vicious cycle. But then it says those who, those who are controlled by the Spirit, what do they do? They think about things that please the Spirit. So I don't know about you, but I want to be, be controlled by the Spirit, not the sinful nature. So if your sinful nature controls your mind, it's not going to be good. It's going to lead you to death but if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, check out what you get. 
life and peace. I want that in my life. I need that in my life. You need that in your life. So, so there's only one way for, for, for us to prove, there's only one way to prove to you today, and that is for you to put it to the test over the next seven days. Just, just say, just starve some things in your life so you can say yes to some other things in your life and go all in. I'd love for you to do that. So that's three principles that, that are about our thoughts, about our thinking. But let me give you five practical things now that you can do um, that, that if you just apply these, I think it'll really make a difference in our lives. And the first one is this. Find a plan to control my thoughts. Find a plan to control my thoughts. There's an old adage that says, the man who fails to plan, plans to fail. So if you don't have a plan, you just signed up for failure, right? So, so don't fail to plan. Just, just go ahead and, and make a plan to control your thoughts. Here's what I mean. I think the place most of us fail with our thoughts is on the internet. It, I, this is just, just my opinion, just my thought, but I think that's where we struggle a lot. It's the mindless scrolling. I'm guilty of just, let me see what all the other 4,348 friends on my feed are doing, right? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. But I just do it anyway. I'm just scrolling. And, and so we're, but, but for some of you, maybe it's something deeper. Maybe it's pornography or maybe it's the fact that every time you get a, you, you get a sniffle, you're on WebMD and you come, like you've, you decide within three minutes you're going to die because now you have brain cancer or something. Like, and and it's, it, what it does is it feeds into this unhealthy thinking in our lives. And, and I just want, I, I'm just proposing to you that maybe we're being fed some thinking by what we see online. And not all of it is healthy thinking. Not all of it is good for us. So maybe some of you today, you need to make a plan that 2020 is the year that you find somebody who's going to hold you accountable for your viewing habits. Maybe, maybe, I'm just saying this year, maybe it's the year that you don't, you're not the lone, the lone ranger on the dot-com anymore. Uh, when I was a kid, the internet first came out. And my, uh, I was visiting uh, over the holidays with my uncle. And this was when, you know, they all put their web address. Like, hey, visit us at suchandsuch.com. And, and I'm from East Tennessee. My mom's side of the family was from Middle Tennessee, and I was in Middle Tennessee. They call it Middle because there's just nothing there. It's just, it's just in the middle of nowhere. It's called uh, Lafayette on the, on the east side of the Mississippi. If you're on the west side of the Mississippi, it's Lafayette. But it's Lafayette to us. Well, I was, I was visiting them, and we saw this commercial that came on TV, and it said, visit us, go to our website at suchandsuch.com. And he goes, Benji, y'all got that .com? I was like, yeah, yeah, we got it. I said, you talking about the Internet? Yeah, yeah, ever what that is. Yeah, we got it. We got it. But the Internet... Is, is controlling some of our lives. It's giving bad thinking to some of us. So, so let me give you a resource. If you're struggling, and maybe you're, you're dealing with some temptations online, 
CovenantEyes.com is an incredible resource. It's, it's a, a filtering software, accountability software. That, man, you, you can just you can find an accountability partner and say, hey, you're going to start getting a report from, from my viewing habits, and I just, I'm giving you permission to speak into my life whenever you see something that, that shouldn't be on there. How does that sound? Because this year is going to be determined by the people you hang out with and the habits you create. So start that habit. All right, the, the second thing you can do here is just read the Bible. Read the Bible. I'm telling you, the Bible has the power to change your life. It has the power to change you from the inside out. And don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Let the Bible speak to you. Read it to get something out of it. And when you begin to read the Bible for that reason, to to let it speak to you, what you're going to find out is that your way of thinking is replaced with God's way of thinking. Hebrews chapter 4 says this, that the word of God is living and active. This is the Holy Bible. It's not dead. It's alive. It works on the inside of us. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even, I love this, even to dividing the soul. If you've been through freedom, then you know the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's your mind, will, and emotions. It divides that and the spirit. It divides the joint and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. When you get in the word, he'll speak to you about some things that you're doing, and he'll say, hey, there's a better way. Hey, there's something else that you can do. Hey, there's another. Maybe you should lean into this. He'll speak to you. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you guidance. And so I'm just asking you, let the word get up in your business. Just let it get up in your business, right? And let it tell you some things that, that maybe you haven't heard before. Let it tell you some things that maybe you, you've not really thought about and let it speak to you. Uh, one of the, uh, a lot of people say, well, Pastor Ben, I, I just don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Do I start in Genesis? No. Right? Do I go to Revelations? No. Man, if you're a new believer, start in the book of John. That's a great place to start. But one thing that you could do, uh, I've done this for several years, and that is um, just get on a plan. Get on a Bible reading plan. There's a lot of us here that are doing the one-year Bible plan. And it's, uh, you, can, you can go to Mardell and get a, a paper one-year Bible that has it every day, or you can go to the Bible app and, and use a plan there. And that's what a lot of us do every day is we just log on to the Bible app and we, we see the chapters that we read every day. And for about 15 minutes a day, you can read the Bible in one year. That's pretty incredible. And then don't get legalistic about it. Like if you, if you fall off the wagon for, for six months, you know, don't try to catch up six months worth. No, just, just start at the day that you're supposed to be on. So every day there's Old Testament. There's New Testament. Right now we're reading about Abraham, and we, we finished reading about Abraham. We're into Isaac and his sons Jacob and Esau, and it's just an incredible reading. But every day Old Testament, New Testament, so you're reading about Jesus. You're reading about what's going on in, in his life. And then there's a psalm and a proverb every single day. And if you don't have time for, for some of that, if, you, if you're saying, man, I don't, I don't have 15 minutes a day, then read a psalm. Just read a psalm, like a chapter, you know, 15 verses. And if you don't have time for that, read a proverb. And if you don't have time for that, you're too busy. <laughs> if you don't have time for a sentence, you're too busy, right? 
Find, find some time somewhere and just build that habit. Let it speak to you. Let it, let it talk to you. So we've got to find a plan, but the second one is this. We've got to find a place to think our thoughts. Find a place to think our thoughts. And this is where we just turn down the world's volume. We just get alone. Like get, get just maybe, maybe it's getting away from people. Maybe it, it's finding a place in your bedroom where you can just turn on the, uh, a little nightlight and, and read. Or maybe for me, it, it's, uh, I know my place is every, it's, it's in the morning before people, before my family gets up. Before they wake up, before they're getting ready for school, it's about 5.30 in the morning, and, and I'll, just, I'll let you in. I'll give you a peek behind the curtain. That right now, I'm not drinking coffee, but normally I'd go fix coffee first. Yes, you got to have that. And then I have a favorite blanket. It's, it, it came from the Dollar General, actually. It's just this, uh, it's, it's this turquoise, greenish-looking blanket. It's kind of fuzzy, and I just wrap up in it because I'm cold in the mornings. And I'll just I'll make laps around, uh, around my house and just pray and just talk to God, drinking, sipping my coffee. That's my, that's my time. That's, and it looks different. You don't have to do it like me, but find a place to think your thoughts. Find a place to pray. That's what I'm talking about. Find a place to talk to God. And, and prayer is nothing more than a conversation with God. You don't have to church it up. You don't have to put, you don't have to get all formal. You don't have to do King James version. Oh, most gracious Heavenly Father, we beseech thine throne of grace. Thou art worthy of our praise. You don't have to do that. You just talk to God like you would talk to anybody. Just talk to him. Cry out to him. Tell him your thoughts. And here's what the Bible says in, in Isaiah is that when you do that, he's going to keep you in perfect peace. You will keep in perfect peace those who trust in you and, and, and those whose thoughts are fixed on you. When you, when you just give him that time, when you find that place, the New Testament says it this way in Colossians, to think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's, that's what prayer is. That's what, that's what finding a place does, is it helps you think on the things of heaven and not the things of earth. So we got to find a place to think our thoughts. Number three, we want to find a person, find a person who's going to stretch our thoughts. Find somebody who's going to stretch us. And I'm telling you, your life is better just because you're in the house of God, just because you're here. It's better. But, but God will often use people to make your life even better. He'll use people to, to draw you and, and, and to, to speak into you and to encourage you. He'll do that. And so if, if you want the most potential out of your life, you've got to get some people in your life who will speak into you and stretch you. They won't just tell you what you want to hear. Come on, somebody. They'll stretch you. So James says it this way, confess your sins to each other. Why? Because when you do, that's when you find healing. Like and before this, he says, confess your sins to God and you see forgiveness. You get forgiveness. When you confess them to each other, that's when you're healed. So, so if you find yourself continually doing the same thing over and over and over again, you don't want to, but you keep doing it. It's a bad habit. It's habitual. It's an addiction, whatever. Tell somebody. What will they think? They're, they're not going to come down on you. I promise you that. 
Find somebody that you can tell. Find somebody who's got some mercy. And, and they're not going to just say, oh, if you, well, you, I can't believe this. can't believe it. I can't be your friend anymore. No. Come on. Hey, let's do this. Let's, let's get past this. Let's, let's get over this hurdle. Let's create a new habit. I'll hold you in, accountable. So we got to find people to stretch us. And here's why. This is why you've got to get in a small group. You've got to do it. I, some of you are thinking, man, I don't, I don't need all that mess. I don't, need, I don't need relationships. You know, it's like Batman from the Lego movie. I don't do ships. <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, it's awesome, by the way. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Get in a small group. Because, and, and, sorry, sidetrack there. Um, get in a small group. We're on semester break right now. We take a break during, uh, during January, or, yeah, December and January. We're starting small groups three Sundays from today. You need to be in a group. You need to rub shoulders with some people. You need to find somebody who will encourage you and sharpen you and speak life into you. And, and what you're going to find is uh, three Sundays from today, there's going to be activity groups, Bible study groups, freedom groups, like... like um, I don't know. There's ATV groups. I've seen those before. There's leadership and marriage and parenting and finance and, and whatever it is. Get in a group. But what you're going to notice is the group really, it's not really about the material of the group. It's about the fact that you get around some people who will fill your mind with thinking that you're not getting anywhere else. They'll speak life into you. They'll encourage you. They will lift you up. And we need that in our lives. And so right now is the perfect time to start clearing your calendar, saying, hey, we're going to make this night of the week available for small groups. We're going to get in relationship with some people because that's where the real life change happens. And then there's a bunch of you today, you're here, and you're supposed to lead a group. Like God's dealing with you about a subject. He's dealing with you about something. And that's not just a good idea. That might be a God idea where he's just pouring over you saying, hey, there's not a parenting group. Maybe you're supposed to lead that parenting group. Maybe you're supposed to lead a marriage group. Maybe you're supposed to lead that kind of group. And if that's you, step out and do it. Step out and do it, and God will bless that in a powerful way. So Hebrews says this. It says, let's not think of, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Let's think of ways that we can encourage one another, motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let's not neglect our meeting together. And that's where some of you are right now. You're like, I don't need this. I don't really need small groups. I don't need to be in relationship with people. I can do this on my own. That's the number one lie the enemy will tell you, is that you don't need people, that you can do this on your own, and and we can't. So do this instead. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. So you need a place where when you walk through the doors, they, they just encourage the fire out of you. And that's what I love about church. That's what I love about 21 days of prayer is when, when you walk in, you got Vanessa over there, man. She's just high-fiving, and she's like, welcome. And people are like, it's too early for this. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. And she's like, come on with it. You're in the right place. I told her, you got, she's, she's in her sweet spot. She's doing what she's supposed to do, encouraging. And we've got to do that for each other. We need that in our lives. We need that. So the fourth uh, practical thing I want to give you real quick is this. We've got to find a purpose to land our thoughts. 
find a purpose to land our thoughts. And here's what I mean by that, is that the healthiest thought you can have is to know why you're on earth. Why did God create you? Why am I here? And the most miserable people that I know are the ones who don't know why they're here. They don't know why God created them. They're doing a job. They're working nine to five, but they don't know why they're here. And if you could hear God speak to you today, he'd say, hey, come on, let's settle the past. Let's get, let's get the past taken care of so you can discover why you're here, so that you can lean into that and make a difference in this world. Romans 12, 2, again, it's our theme verse, but it says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the way that you think. Why should I do that? Why, why, why does it need to happen in my mind? Because that's when you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. You'll be able to know his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You'll know why you're here on this earth. And I don't know about you, but I want that in my life. In fact, what keeps me going, why I stay fired up, why I just, why, why like I seem to be happy about what I'm doing is because I'm happy about what I'm doing. Like, I love what I'm doing. I know why I'm here. I know why I'm created. God put me on this earth to plant a church in Wichita Falls, Texas. There's no doubt about that. And I want you to know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, why God created you. And so I'm asking you to give me four Sundays. At some point in your journey, give me four Sundays to go through the growth track and discover your purpose and find out why God put you on this earth. Today is step two of the growth track. It's where we talk about um, the spiritual gifts God's put inside of you. You, you ought to go to that. Like if, if you're thinking, well, you know, I kind of want to wait until I know whether this is the church for us. I tell people all the time, growth track actually helps people determine whether this ought to be their church. So just, just go to it. There's no pressure there. You don't have to sign up for anything. Just find out what God has in store for you today. Amen? All right, number five. This is, this is good. We're going to close out with this. Is that we have to find a power to fuel our thoughts. A power to fuel our thoughts. And I'm not talking about Powerade, Gatorade, lemonade. I'm talking about that when God speaks to us, he often asks us to do things we cannot do because he wants us to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I love what Ephesians says. It says that now to him who is able, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or even think. You think, God, you think you've got God figured out. He can go above that. You think you've got God in a box. He's abundantly above that. You think you know what he's going to do next. He's exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. But how? How? According to the power that's at work in us. That power that's at work in us is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says it's the same power that God, it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in me and you. You got to find a power to fuel your thoughts. Can I just clue you in? There's only one power. 
That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's, here's what I've come to know over the last 50 Sundays of being your pastor, is that some of you are, you're uncomfortable with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and maybe it's because you grew up a certain way and you didn't learn about, like the Holy Spirit was like something we don't talk about. Or maybe you saw it misused in church settings and you said, I don't want that. But I'm telling you, every one of us need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need him to do the things that he's called us to do. We need him to fuel our thoughts because we can't change on our own it comes down to we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, but how? The power of the Holy Spirit. I, want, I need God's life and peace in my, in, in my heart, but how? The power of the Holy Spirit. I need freedom in my life. I've got some addictions. I've got some things I'm dealing with, but how? The power of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I need to see my family restored and reconciled, but I, I don't know how the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how. That's how he works. So let me, I want to I ask you this question. I ask you every Sunday, but this time just keep your eyes open. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's the Holy Spirit whispering to you? What's he speaking to you about your thought life, about about the things that you're allowing in? What's he saying to you about what you're looking at and where you're going and the things that you do? What's he saying about the conversations you're having and the people that you're with? What's he saying about everything that goes in? What's he speaking to you about that? And I want him to speak to you. I want you to leave here today fueled by his power. So would you bow your heads with me today? And I'm just gonna pray first that, Lord, we're praying and we're asking you to do what only you can do. God, we, we, we thank you. Lord, now we know that everything begins with a thought, that every, everything starts there, Lord. And, and, Lord, we have gone like berserk with our thoughts. We have thought some crazy, evil, wicked, nutty things with our thoughts. We've blamed people. We've said things. We've believed lies just in our mind, just with our thoughts. And God, we say, we need you. Would you forgive us, Lord? We, we know now that everything we think, it's what we think that determines how we feel. And so, Lord, change us from the inside. Change us on the inside. Change our heart. Change our mind. Change our emotions. Do a work in us, Lord. Don't let us be dominated by the sinful nature anymore, but let us be controlled by the Spirit of the living God who gives life and peace. God, let us be controlled there. Lord, I thank you that you lead us by still waters. You guide us. You direct us. You strengthen us, Lord. I thank you, God, that, that you are helping us find a plan for our, to control our thoughts. You're giving us a, a plan to be able to, from this day forward, we're not, we're not going to be lone rangers in our lives anymore, but we have a plan to think our thoughts. Lord, I thank you for for a place to do that. Give us the discipline to, to find a place that every day we can just get alone with you and conversate and have relationship with you. God, I thank you for the people that you've put in our lives. Lord, there are relationships that we have that right now we haven't tapped into them fully. 
they exist, but we haven't really we haven't really gone in like we needed to with that person. We haven't been vulnerable. We haven't been honest with them. And we keep dealing with the same things over and over again because we won't tell anybody. We won't we won't we won't let it out. God, I'm asking that this is the year we find people. Lord, I'm praying right now for the purpose that you have for us, that we'd walk in that. We'd find destiny. We would find purpose. And that we would rely only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for that, God. And with your heads still bowed, let me just ask you, if you're here today and you're far from God, you don't know God, you don't have a relationship with Him, maybe you've drifted today, um, the Bible says that all you have to do is repent. You just have to repent. And that simply means to change the way you think to change your mind about your sin. And if you say, Ben, that's me. I'm ready to give my life to Christ. I'm ready to go all in. Just slip up your hand right where you are. Slip up your hand with boldness and courage. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to give him my life with boldness and courage. Slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Who else would say, that's me, Ben. I'm ready to go all in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to change the way I think. Change the way I feel about these things. And I'm going to let God do a work in me. Come on, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, will you change me from the inside out? Give me a fresh start. I repent of my sin. Will you change my thinking? Transform me by the renewing of my mind. And from this day forward, I will live for you the best I know how. In Jesus' name. Amen.